Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I'm Josh. I'm Jimmy, and the last time we met, we basically said the world is coming to an end. See you, everybody. Make sure you rate the show. We dropped you off the cliff and almost didn't pick you back up. Yes, I was wanting to talk about the 10 best movies to watch with your daughter, since we've already done the, the, the sons. And then uh, it was mentioned wisely by yours truly that we might want to just put a bow help them out a bit <laughs> we've been talking about since we have armageddon coming at us like a bullet train that's what we're going to do today so because of all this because we have all these people's whose brains again you don't have 53 52,000 years worth of pornography viewed every year on one website without a substantial number of brains being physically changed. And so we're screwed. We're all screwed. Yes. Porn screws us. Yes. That should be a t-shirt. Yeah, no, no. Porn screws us? No. Come on. People would buy no. that. Fight the new drug might take that. They have some. Porn screws us. Huh? I need a. Seriously, that's really good. I know. You never come up with good ideas like that. <laughs> anyway, so we're screwed. We're screwed. We're screwed. Well, what in the world? Yeah, do we do? H e double l, do we do? Yeah, and well, and, and and this is it's pretty easy, and it's probably <laughs> what it is is pretty easy. Doing it may be one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life, both for the addict as well as the marriage. If it's an addict, yeah, and we don't know, uh, we're just talking problematic porn use. Yeah, if you're looking at porn, it's problematic. There's no such thing as non problematic porn use. You were mentioning in, you know, some guys that would just say, well, there's no way that I can ever disclose this. Well, uh, we talked to, we did a porn talk at a church here yeah. in Austin and we encouraged them to talk to their wives. Mm -hmm. And I, we had, after that, we had two walk into the clinic after that talk mm -hmm. saying we confessed and now they're threatening divorce. Yes. So whether it's a fear, unfounded fear by some men or an actual fear, founded fear, a founded fear by other men, it's almost like a, yeah, don't ask, don't tell, yeah. uh, maritally as far yes. as porn. And if you have a, a secret like this and you don't say anything about it out of fear, then you begin this separation process where you begin this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You have compartmentalized this very, very shameful aspect of yourself. And nobody can know this. Nobody can know. And once you do that, you have put your relationship on a slippery slope. The very, and we say, guys, let us repeat one third, one out of every three people who are looking at pornography problematically are women. So we're talking to a whole bunch of ladies out there that are looking at pornography. 
It's not just guys, but we're going to say guys just because, again, it is two-thirds. But when we say guys, we also mean girls. Yes. So maybe we say Z. I will never, <laughs> ever. Did you see that Oreos has come yes, out with you Rainbow? talked about that. And on the yesterday. outside of the thing, it is, it's learn people's preferred pronouns. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can poop and wipe your rear end with Oreos. But, but you'd do it? If you could, before I lock a lip around an Oreo again. Oh, man, I ate Oreos today. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. I love um, when Christians ban things. Oh. Like, we, I still haven't seen a Disney movie my whole mm-hmm. life. And I'm not wearing any Nike tennis shoes. Do you <laughs> know that. why? That's the latest. Do you know why? Yeah, because they. It hurts my feet when I stand up for the national anthem. That's why. Take that, Oreo. That's why. Oh, I stand up in my Adidas (laughs) on top of Oreo cookies. (laughs) So. Uh, What are we even talking about today? The first thing that anyone, male or female, has to do is you have to disclose. It is really cool. That we're seeing sort of an authenticity that so many like Bible studies that used to just be Bible studies are now sort of accountability groups that, you know, they're really getting real with each other. But you got to get real with someone other than the guys in the group. And and why is that? Because some guys in the group would take issue with that. Of course they would, because they're looking at porn and not telling their wives. Correct. Because pornography is infidelity. Pornography, any time that you are getting any, well, I'll take Stephen Arterberg. Uh, every man's battle. If you are getting sexual excitement, arousal, satisfaction from any source other than your wife, then it's infidelity. You have, you know, in sexual addiction terms, you have broken your sobriety. Uh, when you look at, and here's a great way, and 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 dealing with sexual addiction, this is a, there's a great way of looking at it. Any sex that is selfish is wrong. That puts masturbation. That puts looking at pornography. All of that is wrong simply because it is about you. And here's the thing. <clears throat> if I'm looking at pornography, and I have for a long time, and I'm continuing to and keeping it a secret, what that does is, because what is porn has done to change your brain, one of the things it's telling you is you deserve an orgasm whenever you dang well want one. Therefore, and so anytime I watch pornography and I masturbate and I have an orgasm, it reinforces this idea that I set the pace. I deserve this. I need this. And my needs and what I deserve trump anything and everybody else. And so by continuing to, this is why you get angry that your wife isn't putting out as much as you want her to. And part of, again, we're talking about sexual addiction. Part of the grievance story is, well, hey, sister, you know, if you met my sexual needs, I wouldn't be over here doing this, which is a lie. But this is what pornography teaches. Not only telling the guys that may be an accountability group, but it is, it's essential. It's a non-negotiable that you have to share with your wife what's been going on. And I'm glad that the research backs that up. Mm-hmm. Personally, I have found that to be true. I mean, I had confessed to guys about my pornography use for a decade or more, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't, I didn't sober up until I confessed to Katie yes. two years ago or three or four years ago now at this point, because it was Second Corinthians 7 talks about the only thing or what leads to repentance is godly sorrow. Yes. 
when I am confessing to other dudes, I'm not sorrowful about it. I'm just telling them what's up. Mm -hmm. But when I saw the pain and the hurt in Katie's eyes, it finally connected with her. I was able to connect with her sorrow to then connect with God's sorrow to give me some repentance in this. It was essential for me. Yes. And that you, no matter Katie's response, thank yes. God it was not shameful. Uh, her response. What's what's the alternative? But it, to keep her in the house, to, continue a lie. Now all of a sudden she's agreeing to a marriage and she doesn't have the full story. So it's wrong on multiple levels, from a spiritual level, from an emotional and a, a relationship. It's wrong on every level to keep this sort of thing a secret. But that's what you know. If, if well, for lack of a better term. The, you know, the little demon on your shoulder or the attic brain that tells you, you, you can't say anything. The world will come to an end. You'll lose your marriage. Uh, someone else is going to raise your kids. All these things to put the fear because, you know, the, the attic brain tells you the exact thing to do in order to stay addicted. So disclosure is, is essential and the fear is the opposite of faith for all of us that are you know, claiming faith in Christ. And let me talk about disclosure. So what I counsel people is the wife has to be brought in, disclosed to, but and she can be, which Katie is, um, a part of my daily accountability as far as emails, um, like on Sites Viewed, and I use now Covenant Eyes for the first time ever. I moved away from Triple X Church. But Excuse me. When we get done, you want to smoke a bowl? Oh, that was a protest I did. I'm part of the Christian protest. All right, very nice. Oh, that's right. You dropped Triple X Church because of their pro-marijuana stance. Yeah, they they started a Christian cannabis website. Anyway, so she has been brought in, and she has the ability to then ask me at any point. She gets these daily emails. But as far as kind of the daily or weekly confession... I don't necessarily do that with Katie unless she asks, simply because her mind doesn't necessarily need to be filled with that always. So the disclosure, but how often and do we bring our wives into this discussion? Do we initiate? Oh, yes. So if someone discloses and then watches it every day, they need to be confessing it every time they do it Absolutely. Because the assumption is... The assumption is, when I confess this, when I disclose this, it is in an attempt to see this is really bad and to put an end to it. So it is. There's no such thing, really, as hey, I'm just just letting you know. You you said you wanted to know. Generally speaking, a part of my life. Yes. You know, I, I was up till three last night. Uh, and I just want to let you know. You know, I was I was really bad. I was really lying back in the day, but I'm not lying now. I'm just telling you. I look maybe five six hours a day, uh, and I just want you to know. No. If there's disclosure, that is the stopping, the procedure for stopping has begun. By the, the way, with disclosure, so because that is going to be the it's biggest It's not a thing. once a month thing. It's not a once annually. This is still a part of my life. It's every time you do it, you should go to your wife. Well, here's the thing. If you say, this is bad, I want to stop. This is hurting my wife. You want to talk about an emotional affair? This is an affair. It's an affair of the mind. It's an affair of the soul then, okay, I see this as being bad. Uh, I see that it hurts my wife. I see that it's hurting me. I can no longer be ignorant that this is not hurting my brain, our relationship. So again, if I continue to, you have now ring the bell for addiction because that's 
That's what it is. I know it's bad, but I do it anyway. Yep. I've tried to stop and I can't. Yep. That's addiction. Whether it's cigarettes or alcohol, that's what addiction is. And so if you say, honey, oh, I'm just so feel much better, so much better. I've told you, uh, and here's what I'm going to do. And then you don't do it. Well, faith without works is dead. It's essential that disclosure is just the first step in the sobriety process. And therefore, the, the very first thing is getting with possibly a pastor, someone else that you can counsel with to help with the relationship, the trust that has been really destroyed uh, through this, especially if there's been repeated incidents, honey, never again, never again, and it happens again, honey, never again, never again, and it happens again. What you find with women that are married to sex addicts is they absolutely fit the criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's very interesting because if you, if you come to me as my husband and you say, honey, I'm doing this, I'll never do this again, and then you do it again, what she'll say, inevitably, what a woman will say is, I can almost get over that you looked at porn. What I can get over is, and here's the line, you looked me in the face. It was right brain to right brain. I let you in. I trusted you. You looked me right in the eye, and you lied. That's what they can't get over. That's what's traumatic. And that's what leads to long-term and inability to trust. So once you say, hey, I'm doing this, what needs to follow immediately after that is, and honey, here's exactly what I'm going to do. And yes, it's covenant eyes, or there's, there's a host yeah. of other things that you can use. Not, excuse me, triple X church. He has a, <laughs> he has a doobie in his hand. No, I'm good. I'm good. Not that. But there's a host of other blocking software and stuff that you can use. I'm going to tell this person. I'm going to get an accountability partner for this purpose. Not just to unload, but to hold each other accountable. So there's no black and white answer, but I'm trying to get to a black and white answer. So if Katie comes to me and confesses years of pornography use, I am heartbroken and we set her up with some accountability and not only internet accountability, but hopefully, you know, some sort of accountability partner. And I kind of want the freedom to ask her whenever I'm interested, mm -hmm. but I don't want to hear from her about it daily. Is that bad? Well, it doesn't have to be daily. <laughs> okay. But if I slip, there's a difference in the addiction world between a slip and a relapse. A slip is, sweetie, last night, or I was sitting outside in the car, and for whatever reason, covenant eyes didn't work, and I was able to get on, and I told Billy Bob, my accountability partner, I'm telling you, I'm trying to get this fixed so I can't do this again. That's a slip. A relapse is, I did it, sweet. I'm going to remember how I got around it. And so I just kind of, and I don't say anything to anybody until I do it for a while, the guilt overcomes, or someone finds out again. That's a relapse when you've gone back into this sort of double, double life. So it doesn't have to be every day, but there does have to be, and I'm doing good. You know, here's what I'm doing. And in, a lot of times with sexual addiction, you will, you'll say, well, there's a once a week check-in. Now, that doesn't mean that if I, you know, for lack of a better term, violate my sobriety, 
on Wednesday, well, I don't wait until the Sunday night check-in. I tell somebody right then, but I'm going to let you know every Sunday how I'm doing. And pretty soon those check-ins, when they're good and they stay, they don't have to last forever because pretty soon over time, trust is restored. But there are, there's blocking software that has, has to be put on. And let's just say for giggles that you're one of the modern day Puritans who hasn't seen, never will see, you can't even spell pornography if you spotted them in the porn. It is the tough word. Then, okay, you still need covenant eyes on your phone. You still need blocking software. You need somebody that is notified of where you go online. Because if you're just, a, you know, it's that, that old quote from, you know, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, you know, if you look into the abyss, you know, be aware that the abyss is looking back. Um, that was John Smith. No. I think it was Mel Brooks. Wasn't it Mel Brooks that said that? Yeah, it was either John Smith or Pocahontas. You got to tell somebody and you got to put this on so someone sees because the internet is simply too dangerous. It's simply too dangerous. And do you know with the advent, because sexual addiction used to follow a pretty prescribed course, but now we're seeing sexual addiction develop with just early and often porn use. Because keep in mind, guys, pornography is, speaking of triple X church, is the, the gateway drug of sexual addiction. It's the marijuana of sexual addiction. The vast majority of cases, this doesn't stop at pornography because it takes more and more to get the same dopamine hit until you've seen everything, you've seen everything 100,000 times, and you don't get the same dopamine hit unless you have this in vivo, this in, in real life experience. The vast majority of people that stay looking at pornography for years don't stop at just looking at pornography because it's not doing it for them anymore. They don't get the same. That whole thing, remember when we talked about it has to be super normal? Well, they've seen so many super normal things for such a super long period of time that it's going to take a real life experience to be super normal. You just look like you were going to say something. No. Just constipated? I'm just thinking. Just a little gas. Gaseous. thinking. Bloating. The addict or viewer has to get accountable, some sort of monitoring and blocking software. They have to disclose it to a community group if they're not married, mm -hmm. and a pastor if they're not married. I would probably mm -hmm. do someone in authority yes. over you. Yes, But if they're married, you have a built-in authority over you, a spouse, and so disclosing to them early and often is key. And back to the gateway drug, it's not going to just stop at pornography. If you have tried two or three or four times, if you swore by all that was holy that you would stop and you can't, then you have got to get help. Have to. Because here's the thing. Let's say you're 27, 28, and all that's going on at this point is you're looking at pornography. You haven't been sending nude photographs to yourself. You haven't gotten onto these chat things. You haven't got, you know, where you're sending, you know, these, these chat rooms where, you know, these anonymous hookup things. Let's say you haven't gone there yet. It's, that's where it's going. That's where it's heading. I tell guys that are in their 20s or 30, man, this is, I know this is the hor most horrible thing in the world that's happened to you, but this is the greatest thing ever. You're going to get this thing taken care of and put to bed when you're 28, because if you hadn't have done it when you're 48, 
and you have a chance to lose your three kids and your marriage, there's a lot more riding on it then. And so if, if we're just dealing with pornography that you can't stop, go, go see somebody. Go see a, primarily go see a CSAT, sexu, a Certified Sexual Addiction Therapist. Look for them. They're there. And they know exactly how. They have assessments that no other therapist even have access to to determine the level of what's going on with you. But you can nip this thing in the bud before it gets out of hand and becomes entirely so much more dangerous. You know, we've been talking about the dangers of porn. <laughs> that's, that's, again, that's the marijuana. The heroin and the cocaine are just around the corner. And we're talking destructiveness like nobody's business. So getting it done now, confessing porn use is 1.3 million times easier than confessing numerous affairs. So get it done now. Uh, okay, so we're already like or over 22 minutes, but we haven't even talked about coaching wives on how to handle it. Oh, and just one thing, just one thing is don't shame because shame is what kept them quiet. Shame is what said you can't say anything, you can never say anything, don't you dare. That doesn't mean you can't be angry. It doesn't mean you cannot be eoed. Anger, uh, sadness, hurt, hurt, all those things, good. But if you want to physically shove him back into a closet, shame him. Um, And what may be are some shaming statements that we should stay away from? I thought you called yourself a Christian, you huge hypocrite. Our whole life has been a lie. Things of that nature. I'm hurt by what you... And that's the... You want to mo- the most effective response is, is the one you described. Is you... Hurt, I can't believe how you hurt me. You knew this. We talked about this. Remember when those incredibly intelligent, good-looking guys on the Paradox podcast told us and we watched that video series? And you said, honey, I'll never do that. Do you know how devastated I am. To your point, when you saw it on her face, you know, when when a, a user sees it on the face of their spouse that they love more than anybody. Because I'm telling you, I you know, when what, what, what we work with at the Timothy Center and we've let churches know that, you know, we'll give a cut rate to guys that are on staff and we want to make it as easy as possible, you know, for ministers especially to to get help, but everybody. Um, we just try to tell them that, um, because again, every sexual addiction, the base of it is shame, but you take a Christian that's involved in sexual addiction and just ramp that up by a hundred times. And then you take a Christian leader, a pastor, uh, an elder deacon, you know, a minister on staff and just crank it up 50,000 times the amount of shame that they're facing. Therefore, the last thing you want to do is make that dream come true and just heap the shame on. So hurt, you know, anger, all that is good. And, and when, you're, when you're faced with this kind of a disclosure, it's hard to go, now, what was it I was supposed to express? But you want to, I guess in your, in your hurt, you want to a- attack, if that's the right word, the sin and not the person. Mm-hmm. So it's... Especially if we're talking addiction. Yeah, it's it's this it's this sin hurt me and this sin makes me sad and this it's it's the act and the sin but as soon as you jump the shark that's what that'll work. The ship what's the saying? Jump the 
Jump the broomstick. Let's mm-hmm. go with that. Yes. As soon as you jump the broomstick mm-hmm. and go at you're a terrible person mm-hmm. and start attacking the character of mm-hmm. your husband or wife, that's the shame that we're talking yeah, about. You which is, again, the difference between shame and guilt. Guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am something bad. I think it is jump the shark. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Bottom line, if you've tried and you can't get help now, it's not going to... Guys, stop... And one third of the girls stop thinking, "Oh, this is going to get better." It ain't getting better. It's not going to get better. Guys just go, "Well, you know, when I, once I get married, and I can like have sex all the time, anytime I want, this will just go." You idiot. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to stop on its own. It's only going to escalate. Yes. I mean, there are other measures like I can't download apps on my phone, so I've deleted all the apps that I had access to years ago, and. I can't download that. So there are other measures besides yes. just a triple X church or yes. a covenant eyes. Um, so removing all access mm-hmm. is is hugely important as well. But you have to bring your spouse in on the conversation. Absolutely. And it's scary. And you might not have faith that she'll handle it really well, but you have to experience her handling it. And this is what I love. You have to take that dagger. I don't want to hurt her. Only an addict can think that continually lying to your wife is a noble thing. That's when you know somebody has hijacked your brain, is when you think lying through your teeth to the one that you profess to love more than life, that that's a noble thing, you're in deep kimchi. And you might even think to yourself, it's not really lying if she doesn't know about it and she doesn't ask, but just... (laughs) Another thing an addict would say. (laughs) Not disclosing and her not knowing that this is a part of your marriage is lying. yes. The sin of omission. We told you that porn screws you in three Mm -hmm. episodes. And now hopefully, well, the first three were hopefully putting the fear of God in you. This fourth was hopefully to show you kind of how to get out of that world. But ultimately, we haven't said this, but so I'll say it now, there's hope. And people can heal their brains and people don't have to view it. The thing about neuroplasticity is it can change back. It's like such a scary path to start on, but once you've started the process of healing, it just gets better and better and better. And think about it, a life free of pornography. A life of total transparency with your spouse. And where you can feel things for the very first time and where you're not obsessed walking around with just figuring out how you can get back and view Mm -hmm. it. Like that reality is out there, um, but you've got to do the tough stuff first. Yep, yep. It's got to start and it's going to be tough, um, but worth it. I might even give it a hashtag worth it. Yeah, hashtag worth it. If you want more information about this episode or any previous one, it is paradoxpodcast.com. If you can find us on our social there's as well, and you can view the show there. We'd appreciate if you shared the show with family and friends. We thank you guys for listening. See ya. Bye-bye. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com.